jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! Well, well, another big week. Big week. Is it? It is! Oh, this is like the week. This is, is this, this is the week. Oh, is it? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I got a new deodorant and started using it, so. You and Jason. That was my big, oh yeah, what's Jason's flavor? Jason, literally, thank you, Stacey, thank you for saying flavor uh, (laughs) when referring to fragrance. It just takes me back to my favorite days working at Bath and Body Work for three years. (laughs) Um, everyone would come in and they would say, What's your what what flavors you got? <laughs> you still got the sweet potato? <laughs> um, Jason got into the now listen to the it's called native deodorant. This is not an ad. But have you seen the native no. deodorant? It's not like Indian or anything, it's just called that. But they I started buying because they have a coconut vanilla and I was like, Oh, this is nice. I smell like a candle. And then Jason has gone haywire. He got toasted marshmallow he got no chocolate and bitters and orange he just put in an order for the holiday collection including like frosted sugar cookies these are deodorants yes and body washes he has gone nuts jason is a one-man bath and body works no (laughs) that's what i was gonna actually uh, not to miss andrew rooney my deodorant because uh, for who knows what reason I bought coconut and I decided I don't want my armpits to smell like coconut I don't want that (laughs) so you wouldn't you would not be friends with my vanilla coconut no nothing edible should no you said flavors I know but (laughs) I just I put on the deodorant and I said I don't like this what kind did you get? It was coconut? It's coconut. I don't know why I got it. I just Because I do like the smell of coconut, but I decided I don't like the smell of coconut. Under my arms, thank you. Did you did you purchase this in person? And you did, did you open it and smell it? I'm not going to open it in the store. Right. I know what a coconut smells like. Wait, you just chanced it? Well, sure. It's just deodorant, I figured. <laughs> So then you put it on the skin and you said, no, thank you. I said, no, thank you. I don't like this. And I also just like deodorant is always, I mean, men, like, first of all, why are we gendering deodorants? Thank you. Can't we just have an array of flavors and you pick what you like? But men always get to be like, this one is power scented. And this one is like... This one smells like executive decisions or something. And the women are like... and colonization. Yeah, and the women are like, okay, your options are ocean breeze, baby powder, and, you know, don't take up too much space. (laughs) It's like maybe 
smell like power, but yeah, like I just say, uh, why are these things gendered? So anyway, I'll use it, but I'm not going to enjoy it and I won't buy anymore. You're going to begrudgingly use it until it is gone because you're a frugal sure. queen. Frugal queen. I'm not going to throw away a brand new deodorant just because it smells like coconut. What brand is it? Who knows? It's not what a native. Whatever it's was a... cheap. It's not native. No, no, they're not cheap. It's cheap. It is just a, a there's, I mean, I can't imagine spending money on deodorant. I'm still, I still want to get into the flavors. Do you prefer, what is your, what is your ideal? I don't think I have an ideal. Just a nondescript. Which is why I picked up the coconut. I'm willing to try something new. But I know that I don't want my underarms to smell like a tropical fruit. I figured that out really quickly. <laughs> Welcome to our queer horror oh, podcast. Oh, <laughs> lots of darkness. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while since we've had a bullshit up front. I mean, all our upfronts are bullshit, but all of them. But this was this wasn't even like about a movie or something. I could have talked about. Hey, did you read about that they announced the new Friday the Thirteenth series? Yes, Crystal Lake. Oh, is that what it's called? Yes, that's that's her name. <laughs> it's actually darren stein's drag name is crystal lake oh <laughs> so i like that yeah it's a good it's a good drag name my question is this just bates motel yeah this is gonna be about pamela before he's <laughs> <laughs> which is her name that they changed it to yeah. so in yeah. case anyone gets confused about the timeline yeah i'm not uh i'll probably never watch it who am i kidding it's brian fuller Right, good. So it could be really good. I love, I love, pretty much everything of his that I've seen his series. But also because it's Brian Fuller, that means it could be as it could make it as far as a pilot if it happens at all, or it could go for a season or two and then be canceled. Apparently, it's a twenty-four. Isn't that weird? Which is really weird. Also, did you see that it's going to be on Peacock? Oh, Stacy, have you heard of Peacock? I have. It's the, one of the best investments I've ever made in my life. <laughs> Not even kidding. You love your Peacock. I love Peacock. So you got me loving Peacock. That's right. Ladies loving Peacock. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'll never watch it. I'm just, I'm a little, and if people are excited about it, I think that's great. But I say to myself, can we have some movies for these horror franchises, does Thank every horror you. franchise have to become a TV show? What happened to the movies? Where are the pictures? Thank you. We used to have faces. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this, this is, so Jason, I woke up and Jason said, did you hear they're making a Crystal Lake television series moment? But this was a couple of days ago. He told tells me, like, it was when the news breaks, you know, everyone in horror, on Twitter. Yeah. And... The first thing I said was, why can't they just get... I said, A24, that's a choice. And then I said, why can't they just give me another sequel? Because, and I'm I'm convinced, more so than with any other horror franchise, Friday the 13th, I think, is the only one where you can just make a sequel. We don't need to set anything up. You don't even... It doesn't need to be a reboot. It doesn't need to be a remake. You could just make, because that's the brilliance of the Friday 13th franchise, is you could just drop Jason in anywhere at any time and have him kill teenagers. Yeah, just bring him back. That's all you, look at the ways they have brought him back in the past. 
No one cares. Yeah. Put some lightning on him and make him come back to life. And that's the end. Put some lightning on him. You know what I mean? Put some lightning on me. (laughs) I'm doing real good with my words today. I love it. I mean, bonus points if you did. I mean, you don't have to go the reboot route or like legacy, whatever. But if you did want to make, you know, 30 years later and now, oh, I guess it's been 40. But if you have Ginny and Alice teaming up and they're like, he's back. Get in the bug. (laughs) (laughs) You could do that, too. And that'd be great. But literally all you need to do is just say, we're reopening the camp that's all you need that's like the only plot hook you need we're reopening camp the camp again you are yes okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's it there's your first scene isn't it like it's just like because halloween it's so convoluted there's so many timelines nobody knows what the hell's happening chucky well chucky's doing fine on his own and Don Mancini says he still wants to do some movies and do the show that's great Nightmare on Elm Street, nobody knows what the hell is happening with Nightmare on Elm Street. And there's such a weird mythos that went in so many different directions that what what would even happen at this point? But Jason, just fucking drop him in the in the in the in the lake, I guess, and then have him come out of the lake and kill the teenagers. So easy. Because it's Brian Fuller, I feel like Jillian Anderson could potentially play Mrs. Voorhees. <laughs> so I am hopeful for that. But uh Otherwise, yeah, I would just, I would just much rather watch a movie. I agree. I did see a movie that I have to talk about that I love, that I highly recommend. Old? It's, no, it's new, Stacey. Can you believe it? I meant the movie old. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I still, I love that you are vibing on this i love old i still haven't watched it oh do i watch it today i don't have anything to do today there you go i want to find out what all this fuss is about i want to i want to see <laughs> stacy likes an m9 Shyamalan movie uh, stacy loved it so i saw um there's a little theater here in town called cinemagic and they're doing a provoke film festival it's the second year of doing it and it's all women made horror and uh there is this movie called have you heard have you seen of seen or heard of Slashback? yes i i texted you about it and said you have to watch it because i watched it because i reviewed it for rue morgue oh my god are you serious i'm the worst owner ever <laughs> yeah. stacy i said it's like kids bop prey and you're gonna probably love it yeah no you did you did Stacey, thank you for bearing through the fact that I have the worst memory ever. <laughs> it's okay. And I don't remember anything we've ever spoken about. It's okay. It's a... I well, thank you. I am I am me from the past coming forward in the future to tell you in the past, I am sorry, and thank you for recommending the movie that I did not remember you recommended <laughs> that I ultimately saw anyway. I loved it. Isn't it fun? It's so fun. I was like, for listeners that don't know, it's, it's, I think it's a Shudder original or it's produced somehow with Shudder. The logo popped up at the beginning. So I hope it's accessible via Shudder in the future if it's not already. Um, it's, it's literally, yeah, Kids Bob Prey. <laughs> it's like four Inuit girls versus like the thing in their, in a little Inuit village up north in the Arctic Circle. 
and it's like Gus Van Sant school of acting where like this this uh, Inuit filmmaker literally just went into this village and was like, I'm going to cast girls from the village. Y'all are just going to say lines and then fight a monster. I fucking loved it. Yeah, it's very it's kids on bikes, which is, you know, time worn. But it's incredible that we're not only getting girls on bikes for once, <sighs> but the fact that they're Inuit girls on bikes is just like this is talk about an underrepresented unrepresented basically uh demographic i like even even like that like you know the line readings the the girls like who are not actors acting like i didn't even mind because i was just i was like nobody else can play these roles except these girls and i love them and i was so it was the same me that was watching prey that was like so hyper emotional like alternating between smiling from ear to ear and crying <laughs> like the entire time it was so good and it's directed by a fucking woman loved it yeah it's not uh, expressly aimed at kids but it's definitely one you could watch with kids for sure um it's very it fits right into that monster squad sub sub genre whatever it's very kid friendly because it yes. stars kids and everything but it's that kind of vibe yes it's just so so fun such a good time tanya tagak does a song for it i was like what the fuck it's um, it was amazing i loved it so okay so i thank you for recommending it once again i i remember now that i forgot (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for looking out i really appreciate that such a good movie um so now i guess i'll have to add to my list of recommendations that i do watch that i can now say i do remember by watching old (laughs) (laughs) wow i'm vague on my face that's all right (laughs) whatever you know yes i'm glad you brought up a slashback it's an actual horror movie for our queer horror podcast (laughs) because our lead-in about deodorant and the movie we're going to talk about today are not uh horror related this movie is another one that i've seen so many times i was like anthony you gotta see this i love this about you Uh, which is continuing Lifetime Movie Month. It's a Gaylord's Month, once again, uh, so we don't know how long that will last exactly. Is it a day? Is it a week? Is it two weeks? Is it (laughs) half a year? (laughs) But, I mean, given last week where we covered the Betty Broderick saga, (laughs) this week, the movie we're going to do, I say... Lifetime month can go on forever as far as I'm concerned because everything is perfect. It's all I want. It's the only place I want to be. It's This is also, I've decided the job I want. I just want to be assigned to dramatize people's horrible tragedies into overblown camp television moments. All I want. Because, Stacy, I even tried. I'm still riding high from fucking Betty Broderick last week. <laughs> I can't get over my angel, my queen, the most unpleasant, awful human being that has ever lived. I'm just, I, I, we started Dirty John season two, the Betty Broderick story starring Amanda Peet and Christian Slater last night. Mm. And I turned it off. Oh, wow. Because the whole time I like there, oh, now Amanda Peet's driving her car into the house. And then I just remembered when Meredith Baxter drove the car into the house. Yeah. And I was like, some things can't be beat. That's right. 
you'll you'll be riding that Betty Broderick high for the rest of your life, my friend. Trust me. Oh no, this is the truly chasing the dragon is trying. <laughs> it's trying to find the same feelings again to relive that experience of watching Betty Broderick for the first time. <laughs> yeah. We did. That's the thing. That's like I said last week. We did start out at the peak, but there are other peaks. Like yes, there's Mount Everest, which is the highest. But other peaks are also high, you know? Yeah. They're just not, maybe they're not the highest, but they're high. There's not as many dead bodies. That's right. But there still are some, or at least one or two perished people. Yes. Or missing. Maybe they fell into a... um, uh, um. I'll let you finish that thought later. Uh, (laughs) So today... Today, we're talking about another favorite of mine. Thank you, uh, uh, Anthony, I guess, for allowing me to indulge myself and say and force you to watch these movies. I love them. Watching, watching, starting firing this one up last night. It's not a ravine. What's it's like snow ravine. (laughs) What are you talking about? I'm trying to remember that word. Okay, no. So starting this movie up last night, I I just thought, thank God that I know a connoisseur of the made-for-TV <laughs> '90s spectaculars. Because there's some good shit, right? Where would I be in my life if you weren't watching these and like living for them, and then telling me we have to do them? Would you ever come across today's movie, oh. which is called Midwest Obsession, <laughs> a.k.a. Beauty's Revenge? Right. It was initially released as that, I think. I don't know. I only have known it as Midwest Obsession, but it is also Beauty's Revenge. And this is perhaps the only movie in history where its two alternate titles are equally perfect. Yes. Yes. But I, but I do have to prefer Midwest Obsession, not because... Not only because you know you never forget your first, and it's a, it's a it's a ring ringu situation. Like which one did you see first is the one that you prefer. <laughs> but also just because it's a movie title that has the word Midwest in it, which makes me laugh. Oh, oh. So, if the Midwest becomes such a defining attribute of this film and its main, I want to say protagonist, <laughs> but <laughs> she's the antagonist. And my God, could I love, could I love what the, what the happenings therein more? I'll tell you, this truly, this movie is truly about a Midwest obsession. <laughs> Inspired by a true story. Uh, and you see the words, when the words appear on the screen, and Tracy Gold as Beth, you say, oh boy, I'm in for the time of my life. Courtney Thorne Smith? Courtney Thorne Smith of television's Melrose Place. Stars <laughs> as Cheryl, the Dairy Princess, <laughs> <laughs> and you will be reminded every single second she's on the screen that she is the Dairy Princess. I've never, I've never wanted anything more <laughs> than than one to hear the words Dairy Princess ad nauseum. Two to um to follow a movie about a murderous dairy princess and three <laughs> three to see fucking goddamn i have to just get to it 
every fucking time that her car rolls up, (laughs) (laughs) I've lost my mind. It is so good because, okay, she's driving. You guys have to watch Midwest. You have to see it. You have to see the car in action, but it is a massive, massive pink, like shocking bright pink convertible like Cadillac or something. It's like one of those like shark car, like it's Jaws, like it's a fucking shark. Yes. Every inch of the interior is cow print. (laughs) Every inch, the seats, the steering wheel, the, the visor backing. Like the rearview mirror, like it's all, cow print. it's all fucking cow print. It says on the back and on the door, "Dairy Princess." The license plate it's is not- dairy. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, there's like the airbrushed cow in front of the vaporwave sun <laughs> on the hood. Yeah. And she's always, she's driving with the top down all the time. Never see the top up. Why would you? If this was your car, why would you? Every time she fucking rolls up in this fucking hot pink cow print interior, (laughs) Dairy Princess, the door, the door does say Dairy Princess, but on her, on the driver's side, it literally says Cheryl, the Dairy (laughs) Princess. She is like, literally, she is cow print Dairy Angeline. And I... (laughs) Just yeah. was dying every single time. Which there are legion examples of every time she just rolls up in this car, and you know danger's coming. Because like sometimes she just rolls up because it's like she's going somewhere, going to a restaurant, going to an opening, which is part of her duties as the Dairy Princess. Uh, but then there are times when she's like sinisterly following someone, <laughs> and. <laughs> Like the 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 sinister music will start playing, and like, like here comes the big pink car. She's still got this fucking top down. <laughs> the dairy Prince Cheryl, the Dairy Princess. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. It's literally the 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 car alone is worth the price of admission with this one. It sure is. It's it it's, sure is. It's just spectacular there are so many like if you say stacy why should i watch midwest obsession and i say well you just said two words midwest obsession that clue you in but if you need more let's go over the powerpoint first of all here's the car second of all second of all when we're introduced to cheryl uh when the love of her life is introduced to her and she says oh you might recognize me I'm the dairy princess. I'm the dairy princess. <laughs> There's that. There's uh the fact that when she's ready to murder someone, she puts on her murder outfit, which <laughs> makes her look like she just stepped out of Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814. Yes! Jason said the exact same thing. She's she's like Rhythm Nation Terminator with <laughs> with the dairy car but she still has her cow earrings on which will later be incriminating evidence because you know what cheryl takes her duties as the dairy princess very seriously because cheryl fucking loves cows she loves cows she has a herd maybe you could see them on the way home she has a herd she (laughs) yeah she'll go to the bar in her cow print bustier (laughs) 
cow print halter top and then and then she has that like button up the plaid butt button up over it the gig like, up button up with cows on yes it. with cows all over it he goes in her room and he goes you really like cows <laughs> and there's like cow posters cow stuffed animals yeah she's like i just love them <laughs> So Cheryl is the dairy princess. She's also insane. Um, <laughs> this man named Kevin who has very 1995 hair. Oh my God. Like if 1995 was a hairstyle, Kevin is wearing it. Yes. Um, he saves her from a date that is about to turn into a rape. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, she immediately falls in love with him. Do you notice how she's like, he's like beating up, he like pulls over because he sees drama. He pulls over, gets out, starts beating up the guy and it cuts to her and she's just like smiling and batting her eyes at him. (laughs) Oh yeah. She goes from being assaulted to in love in one second. Sure. She's a multifaceted woman. You're right. Yes. (laughs) Unfortunately, Kevin has a girlfriend played by Tracy Gold of television's Growing Pains. Oh. Made for TV, like 90s made for TV queen, Tracy fucking Gold. Okay. Got her start on a made for TV movie called uh, Dark Secret of Harvest Home, a miniseries starring Betty Davis. Wow. When Tracy Gold was like, she was like five or something and she was on that. That's like a town with a secret and there's a cult and wow. blah, 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 blah. It's a good one. So What a way for- to launch a career. So she plays Beth, who is nice. <laughs> and has dreams yep. okay this causes friction between her and kevin because kevin is trying to get his family's dairy farm up and running and beth is like well maybe i have dreams of my own maybe i want to go to college all of this and you say boy this is 95 and black christmas was 1974 and we're still women are still arguing with men over these same things can you believe it uh but cheryl like we said she fucking loves cows she has a herd of her own she's a dairy princess so she's she's insane so she's like in love with kevin immediately and is like i'll be the perfect girl for you we'll be so perfect together we'll be just great everything will be fine i can be whatever you want me to be and so there's relationship drama kevin and beth break up uh he starts going out with cheryl a little bit but it turns out you know you want a human being who uh, maybe isn't exactly like yourself as your partner. Oh. And also Cheryl's crazy. Uh, so they break <laughs> up. Cheryl's real mad. She's crazy. All of this. She ends up murdering uh, Larry. Poor Larry. Poor Larry. <clears throat> Kevin's friend and works for Kevin and all of this and has a crush on Cheryl. But of course, she doesn't pay him any mind. She ends up murdering him. Uh which I don't think she really has to. Although he did put her in a strange situation. You see, Kevin broke up with Cheryl. So weird, right? <laughs> yeah. Kevin breaks up with Cheryl and is like, leave me alone. We're done. We're over. Cheryl gets a note that's like, come to this hotel. It'll be great. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Come to this hotel room. So she thinks that it's Kevin inviting her and it's time for sex. Turns out it was Larry who's like, I just thought you wanted to talk. I thought we could be friends and I could get to know you. You don't invite a woman to a hotel room. With like a Valentine's chocolate heart box. Yeah. And a vase with the roses, the red roses. Yeah. And you don't sign your name on the, (laughs) you don't sign your name on the note. 
Yeah. Larry, this was poor planning. It was very poor planning. And so she kills him. <laughs> and there's this fucking incredible shot. He's driving a farm car, whatever, a tractor. A farm car. (laughs) He's doing something. And she's in her Rhythm Nation murder outfit. And there is this incredible shot of her watching him. And the camera pans over and it's sinister music because, you know, it's murder time. And there's a close-up of her cow earring. (laughs) The ominous close-up of the cow earring. Stunning. Uh, And so she ends up killing Beth. And uh, she pretends that. She doesn't know what's going on, but her craziness gives her away. And then Kevin finds the cow earring out in the field where Larry died. (laughs) And that clues him in that maybe Cheryl's not just weird. Maybe she's murderously weird. And she gets caught at the end, unfortunately. Right. Like, I know she was bad. I know she was a murderer. I know she murdered Beth, who was great. She would have gone on to kill more people, et cetera, et cetera. But also I wanted it to end with like Kevin getting killed by the cops somehow and Cheryl continuing on to love cows and kill people. Well, because the, like the bumper sticker says, like the murder case was 1989, right? And then this was 1995. So I thought, oh, well, maybe they'll take some artistic liberty license and they'll shake it up a little bit and we'll get like a more dramatic finale. He thought when they were having the fight in the trailer at the end, <laughs> God, I love Midwest obsession. They're having the fight in the trailer at the end. And then he has that knife over her. And we thought, Oh, the cops are going to come in. and They're going to see him with the knife over her. And he's already the, the prime suspect and they're going to shoot him and she'll live to kill again. But no, but my God, <laughs> Courtney Thornsmith is so great in this. It's amazing. she's given to cheryl is given to these uh walter mitty-esque flashes always in slow motion where she'll be talking to someone and then all of a sudden it'll cut to slow motion and she's murdering them and then we cut back to reality and you realize she's just daydreaming about murder (laughs) she goes out to the bar it's they go into like the honky tonk bar and this woman she's in the cow print halter top with the gingham with the cow print button up (laughs) on top of that she goes, like, they're, they've met Larry, they've met Kevin. She's, like, in the bathroom talking with Tracy, Tracy Gold, with Beth. And Beth says, oh, my, my instincts tell me that you're more Larry's type. And then <laughs> Cheryl just goes, bitch! Grabs her head, starts drowning her in a sink. <laughs> and then it cuts back to what she really said, which was, that's a great eyeliner. My grandmother wears it. Yeah. <laughs> amazing the amounts of times she'll just like grab a scissors and start stabbing a woman in the hand at the receptionist desk yeah her little murderous fantasies it's so good god it's great i will say you will never throughout the entire movie you will never be able to figure out how old anybody is supposed to be no (laughs) are they 28 are they 50 nobody knows (laughs) But they're the characters are like nineteen. <laughs> like nobody knows. They all like still live at home. They look like they're at least thirty. Yeah, yeah. Kevin's like forty. Kevin's like forty. He's running the farm and working in a garage. And then at one point, Cheryl's like, "Well, I guess I'll go back to college now." <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> <laughs> well, and she's like thirty, playing sixteen or something, or nineteen. Like, yeah. So it's just like if you're confused by how old everybody is. That's fine. The parents 
it's like they're supposed to be 65 or 70, but they're only 40. Oh, yeah, but they're like, oh, we're worried. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like through the whole movie, you can't figure it Just go with it. It's the Midwest. Who knows? Any Everybody's ageless. You know? you know what? I That's what they say. It's the cheese. It preserves you. <laughs> yeah. What I don't understand about what I was trying to figure out is why is she so in love with Kevin? What is it? There is nothing appealing about this man. What's even Larry? Larry's the cute one. So I'm like, what? What is happening? I guess it's just that he saves her. And it seems like he's because her father, it seems that her mother died. And because of that, her father completely zones out and basically does nothing but stare at pictures of the mother all the time and kind of ignores Cheryl. So I feel like Kevin coming to her rescue, like the knight in shining plaid yeah is not only did he just save her but he's like this the first man who's ever really paid attention to her because they also go on they make a big deal about how she used to be such a tomboy and she used to just play sports and beth doesn't remember her from school so i think we're supposed to get also that there's been like a glow up yes 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 because she was the she was the wrestling and yeah so instead of like oh she was a lesbian it's like no oh she was the dairy princess you know what i mean (laughs) two roads diverged in her woods how quickly did she get the car after being named dairy i'm sorry coronated dairy princess (laughs) yeah well she said you get it for a year so i think it's like a you know comes with the title oh it's like sisterhood of the traveling corvette right you get the oh, okay, and then she just had Cheryl added to it, right? Yeah, whoever's the current Dairy Princess gets their name painted on it. I guess I was hoping so badly because we know that she like sews her own outfits because when she packs, um, when she packs up her Corvette, you see the that is not a Corvette Cadillac Cadillac. <laughs> I don't. All I know is there are words for cars, and most of them start with C, and they all mean the same thing to me. I don't know what a sedan or coupe, Corvette, Cadillac—they're all the same. <laughs> She okay. puts the things in the giant metal tricycle <laughs> with four wheels. <laughs> yeah. We see the dress form. She has a dress form and a lot of bolts of fabric. So, so we know... we're to, we are led to believe that she, I thought she was sewing all of her own dairy clothes. <laughs> I mean, that's entirely possible. I can imagine her walking into Joanne Fabrics. And then I'm imagining her being like, you know what this car doesn't have? It all cow print interior. And then she sews all of that too. she's an upholstery princess on top of a dairy princess oh wow yeah i see and a fashion dairy fashion plate definitely a dairy fashion plate (laughs) that's for sure man no one has loved anything as much as cheryl fucking loves cows (laughs) it's so great it's really great. Their cow earring that is just so cartoony and stupid, like 90s gift shop cartoony stupid with that smile. <laughs> it's supposed to be like this harbinger. <laughs> like, yeah. like the hard evidence. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Well, and then when they when Kevin is like, I found this at the scene of the crime or whatever, and she's like, A lot of people have those. A lot of people wear those. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just the dairy princess. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so good. It's just... It's great. So that makes sense. There's nothing special about him. 
I don't think there's anything really particularly It's just daddy. It's, just, it's daddy issues and this ugly is, duckling issues. This is, don't you hate this though? This all go, this is like what we were talking about before the time about Ashley Darby and Michael Darby. What's the attraction? Maybe it's daddy issues. But the, the fact that we are, maybe the Greeks talked about this in all their plays, but the fact <laughs> that we are, we are trapped, condemned to just re- reenact childhood dramas for all of our lives. How awful. It's life in Cloverdale. Cloverdale, <laughs> comma, Midwest. Comma, <laughs> Midwest. I live in the state of Midwest. Yeah. I live in the state. How, how that, that Kevin gets with her. He doesn't like. I like that. I'm glad that he had to realize that they, they, she just had no personality and just wanted to mirror him, and that's why he got back with Tracy Gold with Beth. But like the fact that she seduces him by threatening to kill herself in a standoff <laughs> on a water tower. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like, what seals the deal is basically like, would Beth kill herself for you? Yeah. <laughs> And just the the fact Jason zeroed in on this too, the fact that like yeah Beth has all these goals, but Cheryl literally has no ambition <laughs> whatsoever. She just wants the farm. She wants well yeah she wants the farm and that's real, but like her main thing she just must have Kevin and nobody knows why. Well daddy issues, but nobody knows why otherwise. It's because nobody really knows Cheryl. You don't you know? know the real Cheryl. Yeah. She's been to paradise, but she's never been to her. Oh. You know what I mean? It's one of those vibes. You know what this got me loving is um, it got me spiraling out thinking about just the sheer amount of media like this that I consumed in the 90s. Uh, and how much I love this genre of like the, the post-fatal attraction sleazy like softcore porn meets made for tv uh genre of like obsessed woman destroying a man's life <laughs> yeah right like it's such a because there was this there's poison ivy um rose mcgowan and devil in the flesh uh black magic woman where that the voodoo priestess lady like makes eggs with snakes come out of like mark hamill's face or whatever <laughs> like <laughs> They're all like, there's like saxophones and like grainy pastel images. I just love it. It was a great time. It was a great time. There's even that moment in, uh, you probably picked up on it, in Betty Broderick where she's leaving a phone message and for her ex-husband. And she literally says, I'm not going to be ignored. Yes, yes. And she leaves off the Dan because his name happened to be the same name as uh, Michael Douglas's character. Yes. But it's 100% fail attraction. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to me because I was curious about like the, the development of that as a genre. And of course, of course, it's an entire genre, just like horrible, crazy women destroying men's lives because poor men. But I do love it at the same time. But it's funny thinking about like how I think we kind of saw in a previous film that we reviewed, we kind of saw the, the inception of that idea with Play Misty for me with Jessica Walter, mm -hmm. where she destroys Clint Eastwood's life. But I feel like it really it was fatal attraction, like really cemented it. And then I feel like the 90s really just like brought it into its own in this like Cinemax meets ugh, made for TV brilliant thing. It's interesting, though, that the made for tv ones were 
they're targeted at women. Yeah. And so, like you said, like, oh, they're destroying a man's life and the poor men or whatever. But it's like, but these movies are aimed at women. Yeah. And it's the women who love them and are giving them attention. And you know that on some level, women are rooting for these women. (laughs) Even if they're awful, you know. There's an element of aspirational fantasy. A little aspirational fantasy and also just the phenomenon of how much women love true crime. Yes. Yes, which has, yeah, now it has evolved into just nonstop true crime, murder, 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 dead family, dead husband, dead wife, Casey Anthony, Nancy Grace screaming at television camera. Right. But it's lost the, I think, a lot of it. Granted, I'm not watching all these. I watch the documentaries. I don't need to watch the 10 part show. But a lot of this stuff seems to have lost a lot of the campy edge. And maybe that's just a product of like the the you know the way we approach subject matter back then or watching older movies now and they seem campier or who knows but also i don't watch a lot of the current lifetime movies which are getting a little meta yeah like they they know that they're supposed to be campy and so they're trying to be campy and then you just end up with sharknado you know yeah, what i mean absolutely. which is just a failure that kind of thing as far as i'm concerned But, uh, like, you know, true camp is the, is Valley of the Dolls, you know? It's not, it's not beyond the Valley of the Dolls. It's beyond, it's the Valley of the Dolls where it's like, this was sincere. (laughs) This was an attempt at sincere melodrama and it's so over the top that it becomes comedy. Yes. It requires a very delicate touch and deft hand to do deliberate camp and do it well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls knew it was a clown show. Right. Valley of the Dolls was going to be a pristine, prestige, Oscar-winning ensemble classique. Yeah. Camp is Mother May I Sleep With Danger, starring Tori Spelling. Attempt at deliberate camp is James Franco's Mother May I Sleep With Danger. Mm. and not as good and it's like yeah it's got a great title we all know that but like what do you you know you're missing what made those movies so enjoyable yeah you're like tori spelling i can't we're gonna have to do some tori spelling during this event month week month how could we because she she and tracy gold were the two She's not, she's like probably second to Tracy Gold just by sheer volume of made for TV movies in the like late 80s, 90s. But Tori Spelling's right up there. Also, Mother May Sleep with Danger, Death with a <sighs> Cheerleader, Co ed Call Girl, <laughs> where Tori Spelling is like a super high priced in demand call girl. Yes! <laughs> the like, reality okay. I want to live in! <laughs> yeah. So. It's all so great. I just love it all so much. Uh, was it Jennifer Love Hewitt that played Heidi Fleiss in Hollywood Madam? I was it Jamie Lynn Sigler from The was Sopranos, it, or was it Lacey Chabert? <laughs> was it? I think I think Jamie Lynn Sigler did at one point. Yeah, but that that just like that vibe, man. It's just, mm-hmm. and you gotta go back to the '90s slash Y2K. Y2K is even pushing it. That's when you start to get your what, Liz and Dix and your Martha Stewart starring um, Sybil uh, Shepherd, and but yeah, '90s. It's just it's just a it, it's an inscrutable vibe. 
Yeah, give me a Suzanne Plachette as Leona Helmsley. Oh, wow. I gotta see that. That's a good one. That's on Tubi. I think it's called The Queen of Mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good time. It's just about a mean woman. She was really mean. Yeah. Here's my complete side tangent that watching this movie reminded me of. Oh, please. This is this is my Stacy gets out her magnifying glass and tries to make a connection. And I have not looked into it. So it could be true. It could be debunked. I don't know. Oh. But Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814. Classic album. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, uh, just one of the all-time great pop albums, right? Absolutely. Um, now, I recall watching this mov- a movie in sometime early 2000s. Went through a period of time where I watched a lot of breakdancing movies. Breakdancing movies? Sure. From like the 80s. Oh, okay. And I watched one uh, called Body Rock. Starring Lorenzo Lamas as a breakdancer named Chili D. (laughs) (laughs) Also starring in this movie as one of the dancers was Renee Elizondo. Who was Janet Jackson's boyfriend during like like the control era, post control era, all of this? Like very famously, a dancer, mm-hmm. choreographer, her boyfriend. In Body, I said, "Oh look, it's Renee Elizondo." In Body Rock, which came out in 1984, Rhythm Nation came out in 1989. Renee Elizondo and his breakdancing friends go to a club that is called Rhythm Nation. <gasps> and I said, hmm, is that where Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation was born? Did it all come from Lorenzo Lamas' Chili D? Chili D in Body Rock. Maybe. Wow. I don't know that anybody's ever admitted it. Or if it's just a coincidence. If it That's... was a deliberate thing or if Renee Elizondo like, had that name in his mind. And didn't remember really where it was yeah, from. Yeah, he's like, what about Rhythm Nation? Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's the one. That's the one. There you go. Oh, wow. It's my detective agency at work. Stacy. Mm-hmm. Red string, baby. She's Connect those dots. Signing those checks in that detective agency. <laughs> that's right. What? No, cli- no clients. No clients. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What what other break eighties breakdancing movies are you watching? Oh, Blow Breakin, Breakin Two, Electric Boogaloo, obviously. Oh, right, right. How could we forget? There we go. Beach Street, Body Rock. Wow. You know, then you get tired, but then you have a little kind of a crossover with Ninja Three: The Domination because it's got Lucinda <laughs> Dickey of Breakin and Breakin Two. <laughs> crossover. Anyway, <laughs> one of these days we have to do Ninja Three. She gets possessed by a ninja. <laughs> She's like an aerobics instructor and a telephone repair woman and, like, and a ninja. Like, yeah. yeah. See, more progressive days in the past. That's true. That's true. Women could be anything. Women could be anything. You could be an ins- uh, that. You could be a dairy princess and a murderess. That's right. 
you could be a divorcee and a murderess. <laughs> That's right. There's, oh. Who so, knows what we'll do next week, but probably it'll be a woman doing something slash murderess. <laughs> something bad. Something bad. So. She might be crazy. <laughs> yep. And she'll be played by a queen. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. I just thank you again. As, <laughs> as I, I'm just going to be nothing. I'm going to be Alanis Morissette and Natalie Merchant with my thank you. <laughs> All Lifetime Month. I just cannot get over the sheer joy these movies bring me. And, I mean, between Meredith Baxter just being the worst person ever born in Betty Broderick, and then every time the fucking Derry Angeline <laughs> drove up in this one, I just, I just, I feel, it feels like home. It really does, doesn't it? Oh, Madonna. This used to be our playground, and it still is. It still is. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Baxter drove over it several times. Yeah. Drove into it several times. Oh, Stacy! With all of that said, are you ready to to roll up in your pink fairy princess mobile <laughs> and get out of that car and strut over in your Rhythm Nation Terminator outfit and place your head on the chopping block? Oh yeah. Um, the, the, um, <laughs> wow. the chopping block. It is a game show here on Gaylords of Darkness where we, 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 we make time for horror movie trivia. We present each other with three categories of horror movie trivia. Uh, we choose a category. We are then given five questions. We are presented with five questions as the clock ticks. We have 10 seconds to answer each individual question. Unless you call out, I want the wig, in which case the car <laughs> drives up, <laughs> you get, you get her spectacular car to look at and it just confuses the heads they are non-binary executioner because it's just too beautiful of a vehicle to be comprehended, which <laughs> earns you an additional 10 seconds just to answer that question before the heads they snaps back into it is is no longer uh tantalized by dairy princess mobile and chops her head off <laughs> if you get anything wrong dead just like larry just like beth but if you get all questions right all five questions you're a winner um you get the car that's what you get Ooh, it's wow. yours just for a year just for a year until the next dairy princess comes Ooh. I don't think I well, never mind. I was oh. gonna say I wouldn't well, I was gonna say I wouldn't want my name painted on the side. You don't want a car in hot pink. You don't want to roll up to the club, Stacy, in hot a hot pink car that says Stacy the Dairy Princess. <laughs> well now that you put it like that. <laughs> you know usually I like my privacy, but I guess if I was gonna compete for the dairy princess title then you know i wouldn't mind having my name on the car <laughs> but even even if you did even if you did want to champion your anonymity and afford yourself a little extra privacy but you still drive a hot pink cow print interior <laughs> car that yeah. still is the top always down <laughs> always down with your sunglasses and your cow earrings which we've all seen yeah and it just says the Dairy Princess versus Stacy the Dairy Princess. Yeah, but they're, they're like, who is that? 
And then you walk out and you say, you've probably seen my picture in the paper. I'm the Dairy Princess. I'm the Dairy Princess. <laughs> See, isn't that such a meaningful way for Cheryl to introduce herself? She doesn't say, I'm Cheryl. She says, I'm the Dairy Princess, the right? Dairy like, she doesn't princess. really. Is she even a person? She's only her achievement. It didn't go to her head. No. She made a point of that. <laughs> Ugh, it hasn't gone to my head, though. Oh, God, I love her. So good. So good. Mm. So, uh, <sighs> I don't know who asks first. Well, then, in that case, I will ask you first. All right. Daisy, sure. the Terry Princess. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you have two old categories and one brand new category. Wow. Your old categories, your returning categories are a red by any other name. And these are all I'm, I'm looking. These are a, a smorgasbord of different types of questions. And some of them I'm looking for an actor. Some of them I'm looking for a title. Uh, but they all concern themselves with the red. The word red or, or uh, other words for red. <laughs> Variations of red. Okay. Sure. A red by any other name. Your second returning category is the Jason special part two, the Stacy experience. These are all horror trivia questions that were written by Jason. Uh, and they're all about Stacy's in horror movies. But I think you're going to get these, even if you don't know Stacy's. I don't know because I want to be the only Stacy. And so anytime a character comes on and is like, my name is Stacy. I block it out. <laughs> Your car now is the only Stacy. Yeah, the only Stacy. The Dairy Princess. <laughs> the Dairy Highlander. Do you treat them like doppelgangers and you meet a Stacy and then you kill her later? Or him? That's for me to know and you'll find out someday, maybe. When you dramatize my story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Did she really have a hot pink cow print car? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Your honor. Uh, and then your new category. Your new category is just hot enough for TV, which is all about made for TV horror films. Mm. So your categories are a red by any other name, the Jason special part two, the Stacy experience, or just hot enough for TV. I'm going to do the Jason ones because... <gasps> You know, why not know who my enemies are, first of all? <laughs> <laughs> and also, how nice of Jason to make questions, uh, because he takes some of your workload off of you, apparently. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, how nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so these are all... Well, Goodbye. they're all like kind of different sorts of answers, but they, they reveal themselves within the questions. All right. I believe you can get these. Okay. You ready? Sure. The Jason special, part two of the Stacey experience. Number one. In this 2008 eco-horror movie, Laura Ramsey plays Stacy, a woman that has to decide which is worse, being trapped on a Mayan temple with flesh-eating vines or Jonathan Tucker. The ruins? Ding, 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 ding! All right. Number two. 
Stacy is awkwardly left holding the knife when her professor slash boyfriend Trevor visits with his ex-wife Helen in this 1992 supernatural horror movie. Candyman! Ding, 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 ding! Stacy! Stacy! That's a different movie, but... I have been saying that... <laughs> Ever since the chopping block a couple weeks ago when you couldn't, when you forgot Frederica Bimmel. And you just, <laughs> but I knew my own name. You just kept saying, uh, Stacy. <laughs> I have not been able to stop saying it. It's been weeks. It's a problem. Oh, so good. Uh, Stacy. <laughs> so good. Do you know, she's going to be in the new True Detective. I know. And uh, also, it's it's Jodie Foster and a bunch of Inuit people, including my friend Akalu, who actually auditioned to play Jodie Foster's flashback boyfriend. But then he ended up getting cast as Inuit Hunter number one or something. But Ooh. I'm like, sign me the fuck up. I've never watched that show, but I am watching it day one with Jodie Foster. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Giving her a boyfriend? Okay. I know. Isn't that weird, right? That's weird. I don't okay. know. I don't know. That's just what I. That's just what my friend told me. I don't know how you know how accurate anything I I can say or remember is. <laughs> but <laughs> number three in John Carpenter's 1993 horror anthology Body Bags, this Stacy is so insecure about balding that he ends up going to a clinic for a miracle cure, but ends up with a head full of space worms. Name that Stacy. Uh, Stacy Keach. <laughs> if all of her dialogue in True Detective does not start with, uh, Stacy, yeah. <laughs> I'm canceling your HBO Max that I share with you. <laughs> so good. Number four. In this 2001 Japanese horror comedy, a malady affects all teenage girls, causing them to experience super giddiness and then die, only to return as zombies named Blank, which is also the name of the movie. Hint, it might be related to the category. Uh, Stacy? <laughs> ding, ding, ding! <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. Okay. Last one. Will you get this? You are at the home stretch. Number five. This beloved Stacy's famous last words before meeting her demise in a parking garage were, I didn't see nothing. <laughs> I refuse to answer. <laughs> <laughs> You're a winner. Oh, yeah. You want all people in reference to the last question, that's in reference to a film that Stacy made. It's a very, very wonderful film that I love that is very beloved in this household. <laughs> wow, ancient history. Yeah. Good job. You were the Stacy. I should have said, uh, Stacy, you are now <laughs> the queen of Stacy's. Thank you. Hold on. I have to let me make a note. Kill Stacy Keach. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. You have your Stacy death list ready. My Stacy death list, yeah. <laughs> you, you hadn't thought about him. I hadn't. He's got to be like 80 now. Well, you know what? 
You can't. You can't let nature take its course. I'm gonna, let's just speed up the process a little, okay? We will not be ignored. No one would ever confuse the two of us. I don't care. <laughs> There's still a chance. There's still a chance. Our names are spelled differently. I don't care. This is just like Deerskin. You are the only woman that can be a safety. <laughs> That's right. That's we so love Deerskin. Have you guys seen Deerskin? You should watch Deerskin. Oh, Great so movie. I was I was just screaming at a friend about how perfect it is. Everyone needs to see Deerskin. Well, it's your turn, Anthony. Oh, the tables have turned. The tables have turned. The chopping block is sparkling clean. No germs on it. Except for the ones I left behind. But no blood germs. <laughs> no blood germs. No blood germs. Blood uh, germs. <laughs> yeah, we're the blood germs. <laughs> anyway. um, <laughs> Okay. The punk band. Guess what? You have three new categories ha-cha-cha one of these i wonder if you can pick and you'll see why and that is what you'll see why (laughs) if i can pick it well uh it's the first category first new category yeah i did the work this week baby yeah your first category i want my made for tv (laughs) which is all about made for tv horror movies you see i didn't say anything when you announced yours I see. We'll probably have some overlap, I would imagine, but it probably doesn't matter. There's also in that category, there is a chance for you to win a bonus prize <gasps> that will give you, you know, more time on the clock at some point in the future. Oh, I haven't. We haven't had a relic in ages. That's right. Okay. So that's all about made for TV horror movies. Category two. She's a beauty. One in a million girls. <laughs> One in a million girls. Why would I lie? That's a great song by the Tubes. This full title? Yes, yeah, so you have to say that all back to me, too. Uh, this category is all about movies with prom queens and beauty queens. Oh! Sometimes, well, I'm looking for all kinds of different things in my answers. But it's all about those kind of movies. Oh. And category three, Evil Woman. That's another good song, ELO. Yes. Love ELO. Uh, This is all about movies with women who do the killing. Oh. I give you a line of dialogue from the movie. You tell me the name of the movie. Now, the dialogue is not always from the woman who does the murder in. It's just from the movie. Okay. But the movies are all about evil women. Wow. So your categories are I want my maid for TV, she's a beauty, and evil woman. These are all so good. You have done such excellent work. Made up for the last like three months where I haven't had any new categories. Oh, but it's just these are oh, it's it's so difficult. It's so difficult. I really want evil women, but I also really want that that new relic. New relic. But, but at the same time, I'm just I Dairy Princess got me vibing so hard that I need I need to go with the prom queens and the beauty queens. And okay. the, the full sung title slash chorus that I can't remember. <laughs> Did you see in the news this week that Miss Argentina and Miss Puerto Rico got married? They're gay! 
They married each other. Isn't that so exciting? I say this is one of the greatest things that's ever happened in history. It's so... Uh, I I was just beaming. Yeah. In honor of them. This one's in honor of them. Oh, nice. Okay. I die of first question. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll get the first one. Oh, okay. You better. <laughs> okay. Question one. It's strange that this film's soundtrack would include Violet and not the more appropriate track from Holes Live Through This. Maybe it was too on the nose? What is the song and the movie title? <laughs> what? Oh no! <laughs> wait, okay, wait, okay, wait, 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 I want the car. Okay, Violet, Hole, okay. No, I'm take everything. But not Live Through This. Wait, but not another song? Another song on Live Through This. Uh, um, go movie through. is named. Oh, is named after song. Oh, 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 live through this. Oh, it's um, um. Oh my God, everything is blank. Hold on, wait, no, no, no. I um, uh, fuck. I can't remember anything. Every I only remember Violet. Oh no. <sighs> okay, wait, wait. Um, uh. Miss World. No. No. It's uh it's not violent. it's it's not that. It's um it's oh oh it's Jennifer's body? Yes <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, no Everything just goes away. It was also a really convoluted question. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first question. I know. I died. You died. Well, that's. Oh no! You I did it. You wrote fifteen new questions. Yeah, you did the thing, and then I did the thing that I chose about <laughs> doing literally right before I did it. Well. Oh no. <laughs> I have even more egg on my face. Well, that was fun. <laughs> well, here's my gun. Here's my badge. Yeah, <laughs> on my desk. I'll see myself out. See yourself out. I'm gonna do my Charlie Brown sad as I walk out. Yeah. Shut the door. Yeah. Here your car, drive away. Big big car. Yeah, take off in my car. Well, I'll be back next week. Oh my god. We'll see if I'm joined by anybody. 
It's Jennifer's body. If I can find someone qualified. <laughs> well, I hope everybody enjoys Midwest Obsession. Oh, please. How could you not? And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> a bold statement. I guess it is, isn't it? Uh, Next week, we'll be back. I'll probably have three old categories for the Java block. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You've earned it. Um, otherwise, you know, gaylordsofdarkness.com, the usual. We're back next week. Yeah. Lifetime month. I think it, I think she moves ever onward. Yeah, I think so. Mm, right. Um, or, or, I mean, you're back next week with that. Yes, I will definitely be back. We'll You'll see. be auditioning my replacement. Yeah, we'll see who uh, <laughs> steps out from behind the curtain. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I guess goodbye. Shame. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh. Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my god! god. Oh, oh my god. god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Ha, ha, ha.